to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. Okay. First of all, I have a few geopolitical things to mention sort of right off the top. I certainly have a couple of education stories that are worth bringing up here and and reading through and mentioning and certainly revisiting, and then some jab-related stuff as well. And again, a lot of the jab-related news that continues to roll out here since you've been listening to this show uh, certainly is not new, but it is hitting academic journals and some of the mainstream, so to speak, or certainly the alternative media as if it's a new thing, but this has been around since 2021. Um, So there you go. But with that said, I wanted to start off just very briefly with this. This Italian prime minister, who is apparently one, um, again, at face value, seems like a very positive thing. And I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade with it. I'm simply fully admitting that I don't live there. I don't know what's going on. I know that the populace there is tired of the globalism, the perversion, the Marxism, uh, the money controllers, as it were, and certainly the lockdowns and all of the procedures that existed with all of that and everything that's that's occurred over the last couple of years. Again, numerous people lost their businesses, were locked in their homes, died, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, my, my, you know, I, I have questions. That's basically my point. I have questions. I don't know who the person is. Like I said, I don't, I don't live there. I just ask myself a variety of things. Number one, you look at social media and what do you see? You see two polarizing opposite views every single time on a singular issue. You'll see conservatives over here saying it's a fantastic thing. This is excellent. They won. Um, you know, this is, this is great for the people. This is what we need and what Italians need, rather. And then over here on the other side, you have individuals comparing them to Mussolini, and it's as far right as it's ever gotten, and we can't believe this, and this is an abomination. Somewhere in the middle, you're going to find the truth, and then you're going to have to go down an even thinner line to find the real truth. Again, I'm just asking questions. I'm not arriving at conclusions here beyond what I continue to see at face value and what social media shows everybody. That's where people need to start asking themselves some serious questions. Who is this person? Where do they come from? Who funds them? Where do they get their money? Again, just like making your way onto television, you don't make your way onto TV unless you play ball. You don't make your way onto television unless you play by the game. It's possible you can garner so much attention that you can find your way onto TV, but what about becoming a president or a prime minister? That, again, is one of those. It's one of those things that I always found funny when I was a child, is people would stand up in a classroom, elementary, middle school, high school, and they would say, I'm interested in becoming the next president of the United States. I would just shake my head. I'd close my eyes and shake my head and think to myself, you have no idea what it is that you're saying. Not a clue. Again, politicians are selected by and large. By and large, not all of them. But they're selected. These people are plucked, they're picked, and who are they picked by? They're picked first by groups of of elites, so to speak, people with money. They're not picked by the people. If that were true, then any of us would be running for office and we would win by telling the truth and convincing people that what we're saying is the truth and trying to educate them the best that we can. 
that of course is being it's becoming harder and harder to do because we're still finding out that there are countless people who are dead asleep and they don't want to know what the truth is they would just rather vote for that familiar name or that likable person or the person who says the things that they like to hear this is the hive mind that we have got to escape and people have to pull back that curtain and lift that rug and see exactly what's behind and underneath it every single time as much as they can so anytime and again again I, you know I'm I'm not raining on people's parades and I'm not being a downer or a pessimist or whatever it is. I'm just being a realist. Take a look at what this is. Could it be that this is an individual who is controlled by individuals who control money and this individual, again, is is there sort of as a a banner of freedom where certain things will be sold to the to the public and the public will enjoy it while other things are also taking place. I mean, who's to know? We really don't know. And again, if you if you live in America, Italy's not our country. But we do know that the same thing happens here in the United States. Again, look at the look at the new prime minister of England. This woman is a monster. We thought Boris Johnson was bad. All they do is they pluck the people that they selected for the position in the first place, like Boris Johnson, and what do, you know, what do they, quote-unquote, do? Again, whether it's the World Economic Forum, the UN, these, these global organizations, they sim- and these bankers, they simply place in a position one of their previous students, one of the, one of the individuals that they themselves have... Uh, have previously worked with or groomed, and then in they go to just carry out the same message and the same policies just with a different face. So it tricks the normals into believing that someone new has shown up and this is a good thing. Again, we know for a fact that a lot of individuals are running on Republican and conservative tickets, and they are the exact opposite. They're simply doing this to trick people. So again, I could I could continue to go down that rabbit hole because it's a deep one. My my point is is that any time you hear of the hive mind response, where individuals are going, well, this is awesome and what a great movement for freedom and this that and the other, you need to take take a step back, breathe, and be real careful about what you're hearing, and don't fall for the same trap over and over and over again. Um, I'm learning I'm learning this. And I'm continuing to learn this, and I'm and I'm being able to react more objectively to news like this. And I would just again suggest that other people do the same. Again, one of the other paradigms that's interesting that is really backfiring on a great deal of people, and this will kind of be my last geopolitical thing that I'll bring up, are the alternative conservative individuals who are continuously criticizing Q. And Q posts, even though right now, and it's been going on now for a couple of weeks solid, is that Donald Trump continues to retruth Q memes. So the same people again, who are on these seemingly conservative alternative media streams, they themselves are criticizing Q posts and not even bringing any of them up. And all of that giant educational movement, which has been compared to the Thomas Paine common sense documents, 
or common sense and all of Thomas Paine's work, for example, in, an, in the interest of waking up Americans to who their enemy is. Um, and, and in the exact same breath now, they seem to be ignoring the fact that Donald Trump, the same person that they supported and would make videos about, about how he would go after the left and do this and do that, um, now they're not even bringing that up. Again, you know, Mark Dice is doing this and a bunch of other people. Uh, he, here's my theory on that. My theory on that and the reason that they're doing that, which again, I've probably said it before here on this show, but they're doing it because I believe that they're holding out for something better. They don't want to associate with the education intelligence drops that were the Q drops because they're afraid that that's going to pigeonhole them into being only associated with that. Ladies and gentlemen, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can spin multiple plates at the same time. We can walk with our shoelaces untied and, you know, our, our head up in the air and, and walk down the street and not trip. We can do these things. An individual can pay attention to a variety of different things, learn from a variety of different avenues, and do our best to settle or arrive at logical, objective conclusions about what's really going on. It takes knowledge of history, I think, to some extent, and I don't mean textbook history, the kind of crap they teach you in K-12 schools and universities. I mean really investigating old writings and learning what was really going on during those times. It takes that kind of effort to, to be able to make the comparisons to what's going on now. So we're still dealing with the same enemies. We're still dealing with a lot of the same good guys. But the people that are arriving at hard conclusions, and then they usually rely on name-calling as, as, a, as a resort to justify their stance on a particular subject, I think um, is a little short-sighted. I'm not saying I'm I'm innocent of the same thing. I know that I've name called. I've certainly used the word moron and idiot and you know other names to define particular people, usually school board members, but that's, you know, that's pretty much par for the course. But that's kind of my point. Making very broad brushstroke statements on social media for example is um well, it's problematic, and it can be problematic, and it's remarkably hypocritical among a, a great deal of individuals who, again, fail to see the whole landscape. They fail to understand that that Q movement woke up a lot of people, and that was the point. Just like Thomas Paine's writings, that was the point. The point was to wake up a great deal of people who were asleep. And they were distributed, I might add, in a very similar way, in pamphlet form, although, of course, Many people don't read newspapers nor have them delivered to their homes. So what's the easiest way to deliver information to an individual and then encourage them to think for themselves, break free of the mainstream hive mind, and uh, arrive at their own logical conclusions by doing their own research? Well, it's the internet. You have to learn how to bounce around the internet. I mean, keep in mind, there were Q posts, at least two, and I want to say it was September September 18th or 15th, 18th of, of uh, I'll get the date right here. I think it was 2018. After the Q stuff became public, 
in the mainstream media and at Trump's rallies in, in that in that previous month of August of uh, of 2018, when Q posts specifically directed people to the online chat board of Vote, V O A T. Anybody listening to this who was on Vote knows the weight of that social media platform of that anonymous chat board. It was huge. Talk about an education. Talk about being able to sit down, read what copious amounts of, of citizens across the world were, were dealing with, watching, listening, reading, and, th- and then, <clears throat> excuse me, I might add, helping one, helping one another learn and helping one another wake up. That's a big deal. You're not talking about a classroom in a town in a building. You're talking about a global classroom where you have full freedom of speech and can say whatever you want and ask questions and endless people will come to your aid and provide you answers, whether that be articles, books, videos, you name it. It was amazing. Vote was amazing. And there's still still a vote uh, website out there that, that does exist in a very similar capacity but it's not the original it's not the original version of vote which again was amazing sharing capabilities among countless people so the people doing the criticizing of such an important movement that galvanized endless people are afraid they're afraid that they're going to lose an audience they're afraid that they're going to um ostracize certain people and as I've said on social media in the past, and even with memes that I've made, it's it's probably better for those people to either just not bring it up, rather than step over the line and start making fun of, of that movement and the people who learned from it. Because what you're doing is, is you're making fun of individuals that didn't know. And they didn't know a, a copious, amount, copious amounts of information. And again, a lot of it I didn't know either. Which is why I followed those drops, downloaded the app, read the posts, thought about what was going on like a lot of people did. That was the point. So making fun of all of that is like making fun of us. And what does that accomplish? It doesn't accomplish anything. We all share the same enemies. We just have to figure out who they are. That's all. I understand deception is a part of of warfare. That's Sun Tzu art of war. I fully get it. That's part of it. But thinking for yourself as an individual is probably what God wants, if I had to take a guess. And following people around like sheep to the slaughter, regardless of the political sides that people sit on, is probably not a good idea. So that's my two cents. As Dennis Miller would say, then again, I could be wrong. Uh, Okay, here we go. First education story. This comes from Legal Insurrection. This again, more proof in the pudding that the people in education, in particular in higher ed, aren't learning. You've heard me mention this before. The lawsuits that are going on regarding free speech. Uh, you know, they don't want to use professors don't want to use pronouns, and then the students, of course, run right to their HR departments at the university level which actually brings up a more important point, which I'm going to mention here in just a second. But there, there's an untold element of this, which you've heard me mention on the show, 
but you'll never hear all of these mainstream conservatives or even these alternative conservative media outlets mention any of this. Um, in fact, I'll just mention it now. And again, you've heard me say this. Every college and university campus, in particular the left ones, although they exist primarily everywhere, they have, again, within their HR departments, anonymous department, a anonymous department that takes up student grievances regarding professors anonymously. A student can show up, make an anonymous complaint, real or fake, and then they investigate said professor for something that was said that they did or said that they believe or whatever it is, whether it's true or false, and they're guilty before proven innocent. Then that professor or professors, quote unquote, receive an email from this department and says that they would like to meet with them about complaints that have been made. And then your world is turned upside down. This is Bolshevism. This is one of the things that, again, you're never going to hear. You're never going to hear on Glenn Beck or, uh, good God, The Daily Wire with Ben Shapiro or Steven Crowder or, you know, whatever else. These people don't, they don't go deeper on, on certain things. They make an awful lot of money being very successful on commenting on surface level stuff. Again, how often do they talk about the jab genocide that's taking place right now? I'm not hearing a word. Not a word. I don't listen to those people, but I, I, I see the titles of, of articles and I see the titles of some of their videos. And I can tell you that at face value, having not you know, gone deeper into their actual content, it doesn't look like they're even touching it. They also don't touch this which is very specific to these environments, which is actually the larger problem. The larger problem is the Bolshevik um, framework that these colleges and universities have created to get rid of individuals who are exercising freedom of speech in the classroom, or even, I might add, just simply having an opposite point of view from their students. This is one of the reasons why I'm certain that God led me away from higher education and why all of those applications and interviews that I sent out didn't work uh, and, and didn't, didn't provide a, a, an actual job offer. It was because that's what these environments are, are all about. Not to mention, of course, the mask wearing and the shot taking. I wouldn't have participated in that, and that would have created a bunch of legal problems for the university. And me, of course, because I would have had to hire lawyers, and that would have been uh, a tough task in itself. Anywho, this story, again from Legal Insurrection, is titled University of North Texas Settles with Professor Fired After Mocking Microaggressions. Pretty much sums it up right there just in the title. It says, quote, I hope it sends a message to UNT and universities across the country. Maybe it will be a wake-up call, but I think it will take a lot more of these incidents because this is all too common. It says, earlier this year, a math professor named Nathaniel Hires, I think, was fired by the University of North Texas after leaving a comment on a chalkboard that made fun of microaggressions. Professor Hires sued the school, 
and in April, a court ruled that the lawsuit could proceed. The school has now settled with him. Texas University pays $165,000 to professor fired for writing a joke in the teacher's lounge criticizing microaggressions. Uh, there you go. It says, quote, It was a joke, but there are good points to be discussed, and the university should have those conversations. AFD senior counsel Tyson Langerhoff told the Texan. Uh, a newspaper media outlet, apparently. It said the settlement did not include any reemployment of hires by UNT. Hires is teaching, but not at the university level, Langford said. He should have demanded his job back. That's what I would have done. I would have said, yeah, I'll settle, but the settlement's going to be a payment and my job back. And I understand multiple, multiple points, you know, uh, take the cash and run, leave the environment, but why not twist the knife? Why not go back and say, oh, look, I'm back. Do it again. I dare you. Do it again. You know, I get to write websites or jokes on my, uh, on my, on my dry erase board in the classroom if I want to. I get to show memes in my presentations if I want to. If you're offended by that, that's not my problem. Again, they don't have to be bigoted or anything. I mean, you know, the presentations, memes, or, or websites don't have to be bigoted. They just have to be informative. And again, that's the whole, I thought that was the whole point of college and university, but see, that's not the point. And this particular, again, this settlement is, is not going to change anything. It's not going to send any message to colleges and universities that they'd better stop doing this. That's not going to happen. Colleges and universities have orders, and they're following them to a T. And again, they continue to have and build and do whatever they have to do to maintain, like I said, those inter-human resource department committees, disciplinary committees, and anonymous committees where students can complain anonymously about professors. And then those individuals, professors rather, are, are guilty until proven innocent. And of course, yeah, that's just the way that it is. That happens everywhere, all of the time. So, no, they're not going to change. Uh, they're not going to learn. Because they don't think that you're going to sue them. They don't think that you're going to have the spine or fortitude to, to go after them and defend yourself. They think that people who are innocent in these environments and are falsely accused of things, or if something is blown out of proportion, they just think that those people will quit. That the environment will be so miserable for them that they'll just quit. And sometimes, again, as you've heard me say, that's not an unhealthy thing. Quitting is a very positive thing, in particular if it saves a person's frame of mind. But most individuals, again, who sign on the dotted line of a contract, in particular at the university level, should know what their rights and responsibilities are. You've even heard, again, Dr. Robin McCutcheon consistently bring that up here. My dad himself, retired teacher education professor, he knew his rights and responsibilities all of the time. He was a former department chair, for God's sakes. I mean, that was his job. His job was to know the policy and the procedures and the contractual obligations of everybody. So when they tried to come after him after being 
um, a department chair. Decades later, it didn't work. He just laughed in their faces. So that's that's the point. But it's unfortunate that uh, that these committees still exist. And that's the kind of stuff, again, that the alternative conservative media that claim to be experts on education won't bring up because they don't know anything about it. So boom, bam on that one. Okay, here's the next one. Uh, this, again, very nefarious ties here. Shouldn't be surprising either because this sort of falls in line with not just funding but all of the Confucius Center talk that would occur at the university level as well. And these universities, again, they receive money from endless organizations in foreign countries. But this comes from the Epoch Times, uh, and it's titled, Professor Pleads Guilty to Concealing Ties with China While Receiving Funds from NASA. But I thought NASA was all about fun, and I thought NASA was all for kids, and it was about learning about space and spaceships. Hip, hip, hooray. Which, by the way, all that NASA nonsense and those NASA lies about us firing something into an asteroid that was coming at us in order to save humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I got to tell you, um, I've seen children in school plays act better than these so-called engineers and NASA scientists. It's the worst CGI I've ever seen. It's completely absurd. There are no asteroids. They don't exist. None of that's real. It's all fake. We're not shooting rockets into asteroids. <laughs> it's all it's all fake. It's all fake. It's just garbage. If there was really an asteroid, okay, that was actually making its way to Earth, which is enclosed by the way, it's in the Bible over 200 times. But if such a thing occurred, don't you think it would be front page news everywhere with people even panicking about it? The, the the fact that people don't even know that that just happened, that that was just that that was a NASA thing that just happened proves that the vast majority of people know it's fake. In fact, if you get on Telegram, this is a perfect Qualitative reasoning and analysis experiment. I know I'm going on a rant here about NASA, but bear with me. The easiest way to find out that all of this space stuff is fake and always has been, and NASA really stands for not a space agency, is that you get on Telegram and you get on the, the channel that has the most subscribers, which is Disclosed TV. Disclosed TV put out that story the other day about NASA firing a rocket into an asteroid and blowing it to pieces. Therefore, it could burn up in our atmosphere and we would all you know, remain alive and an asteroid wouldn't destroy us. Get into the comments section of that story. Click on the comments section and just start reading the comments. It'll tell you all you need to know about what humans understand about this giant lie. And you'll actually learn a lot. It's incredible. But again, thank God for the comments section because, yeah, NASA even takes away their comments section on YouTube videos because they know that they'd be inundated with nothing but lies. And if they have a live chat on the right-hand side of YouTube, for example, when these stupid videos come out that are completely fake, uh, 
they'll even they'll even delete and censor people calling it fake. So that right there should tell you something too, shouldn't it? So there you go. Okay, no way do I get these Chinese names correct. I mean, talk about tongue twisters, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not saying that to be insensitive. I'm just, you know, I'm a white American, and I've never lived in China, and my God in heaven. I mean, these names. So here we go. Uh, Zenning Dong Chang, I think. A Texas A&M professor and NASA researcher uh, pleaded guilty, rather, to charges related to lying about his connections to China. Chang was arrested and charged with conspiracy, making false statements, and wire fraud in 2020. According to an FBI's Twitter post on September 23rd of this year, Chang pleaded guilty to lying to Texas A&M University about his affiliations with Chinese entities to violate his agreements with NASA. A federal judge in Houston accepted a plea deal as part of the deal. Chang agreed to pay 86000 $876 in restitution to NASA and a $20,000 fine. Court documents show Chang and prosecutors agreed that the 13 months he already spent in jail is an appropriate sentence in the matter, the KBTX reported. And then it says the China Initiative. This goes on for a little while. It says the following. It says the arrest in charge of Chang was part of the Chinese initiative effort led by the National Security Division, NSD, of the U.S. Department of Justice for the countering nation-state threats to the United States. The department announced the China initiative in 2018 during the Trump administration to combat Beijing's relentless security threats by identifying and prosecuting those engaging in trade secret theft, hacking, and economic espionage. This, again, was where those Confucius centers came into play, which is why many of them are gone now, although they simply dig a hole a little bit deeper within an area, a town, city, by simply changing their name, disassociating from uh, a university or a college, and then even hiring some new people to sort of mix up the name recognition a little bit. But many of them still exist, just in different forms. It says the following, according to the NPR report, the initiative was controversial for causing, quote, much criticism from civil rights groups that say it created a climate of fear among Asian Americans. I doubt that. It says after a, a review of the initiative, the Biden administration scrapped it in February. Well, of course they did. Okay. So that's that. Uh, one, one other thing here real quick that I'd like to read, and this, again, education-related, this comes from Canada, which, again, by the way, Canada, if you're unfamiliar, has apparently lifted their travel restrictions now. You don't need to be tested, have a, have a, uh, a COVID passport, or, or be jabbed, to, uh, or wear a mask, apparently, to travel internationally. I wonder why that's the case. I've read a few explanations online, and some people seem to think that it has to do with trying to, I guess, persuade people politically, if that's even possible these days, uh, trying to garner favor among certain individuals. I mean, who's, who's really to know? I've heard food shortage explanations as well, uh, rising gas prices. 
a number of different angles, but again, I'm not there. Uh, you know, I'm not 100% tied in, of course, to their political system and, and what specifically is going on. But again, I know I have Canadian listeners, any Canadian listener who wants to shoot me an email with a broader explanation or any theories that they have as to why that's, why that's occurred, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Anywho, this apparently comes from a Canadian classroom, and why not? It, it could certainly come from any American classroom or uh, any degenerate school or classroom anywhere, frankly. It's a worksheet, and it's titled Climate Change at the top, and it says overview. Quote, scientific evidence has shown that our climate has warmed over the last 100 years due to human activity. Again, no references on this worksheet. <laughs> it's beyond laughable. No references whatsoever. No real facts. Uh, some dummy wrote this up, and there you go. And then they just make multiple copies of it and shove it down everybody's throat. Sorry, I digress. It says, The everyday actions of our society are creating greenhouse gases that are wrapping a thick blanket around our planet. That's funny. These actions have major effects that need a global response. Everyone needs to conserve the use of energy and resources. Exclamation point. It then says climate change, the science. Again, no references. It says the burning of fossil fuels to generate energy is the primary reason for climate change. When fossil fuels are burned, the result is carbon dioxide emissions that are called greenhouse gases. All of this is fake. These emissions rise into our atmosphere and disrupt the carbon cycle. Yikes. A normal blanket of CO2 emissions is normal as plants and animals decay and this blanket keeps some heat from the sun in our atmosphere. The problem is the extra carbon dioxide we are producing in vehicles, factories, and power plants is thickening the blanket and keeping more heat on the Earth's surface. Global effects. As the planet warms, the glaciers are melting and the sea levels rising. Not true. The environment is unable to adapt to the unpredictable changes in temperature, <laughs> and this causes extreme weather, such as hurricanes, tsunamis, droughts, floods, and more exclamation point. Wow. Global response, the Paris Agreement. This is where it gets juicier. In 2015, all 195 countries in the world realized that climate change needs to be corrected. They agreed to meet in Paris to discuss ways to fix the climate change issue. Each country has agreed that the climate cannot rise above a 2 I don't know what that is. Two degree increase? Two degree increase from the normal temperature by the year 20... 2100 is the year they have listed here. Good lord. How do they know this? They don't, because it's gobbledygook. Uh, let's see. Countries submitted carbon dioxide emissions, targets that would strive to achieve that they would strive to achieve. If all countries can hit their targets, the amount of carbon dioxide would be significantly reduced. 
Countries also needed to submit their action plan for how they will achieve their targets. Some plans included implementing a carbon tax on gasoline to deter people from using too much fuel. Now here's where you fill in the answers. And this is stupid. Definitions. There are three words that you have to define, and it says explain what the following terms mean. Greenhouse gases, climate change, and Paris Agreement. Fake, fake, and fake. That's what I would write in. Propaganda lies, made up words, not real. And then the bottom section at the very bottom of the uh, worksheet, it says true or false. Circle whether the statement is true or false. Number one, the carbon tax will deter people from buying fuel. Number two, countries met in 2015 to sign the Paris Agreement to lower carbon dioxide emissions. Number three, zero carbon emissions would be better for the environment. Number four, climate change is a result of people burning too many fossil fuels. No such thing as fossil fuel. Number five, the planet warming will make it more enjoyable for people in cold places. Unquote. That's the whole worksheet. None of it's true, all of it's fake. You've heard me say it before. The valedictorian of an American K-12 school is only the person who can memorize the most amount of lies. That's it. Okay, now, jab-related stuff here. This comes from the JAMA network. JAMA Pediatrics, I believe is the, uh, yeah, JAMA Pediatrics is the journal. Here we go. This is from September 26th. It is titled, Again, peer-reviewed, one, two, three, and others. Four, five, six, seven authors. Uh, it looks like a bachelor's degree, probably a grad student at this point. Uh, two bachelor's degrees, three medical doctors, and a PhD. Not that any of that necessarily matters, but the story certainly matters. It is titled, quote, Detection of Messenger RNA COVID-19 Vaccines in Human Breast Milk. Again, if you listen to this show, and other people, I'm sure, you should be saying to yourself, yes, we already know that, we are fully well aware, which is excellent. That means you're ahead of the curve. So let me at least read the abstract here, because they're not giving me access to the full PDF, unless they are kind, and they are not. This is one you have to pay for. Okay. It says the following. Again, shouldn't surprise anybody. Quote, vaccination is a cornerstone in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. That's their first sentence. Remember what I've said about a lot of these peer-reviewed articles. They'll sometimes bookend the article by, again, highlighting the importance of vaccination. And then they'll end it by saying, we need to study vaccinations more and the outcomes that vaccinations have on people. But in the belly of the beast, Right in the guts of it, it will describe individuals dying to some extent or having massive immuno responses and compromised immune systems. So, the second sentence it then says, quote, However, 
The initial messenger RNA, mRNA vaccine clinical trials excluded several vulnerable groups, including young children and lactating individuals. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration deferred the decision to authorize COVID-19 mRNA vaccines for infants younger than six months until more data are available because of the potential priming of the children's immune response that may alter their immunity. It doesn't just alter it, it kills it. It then says the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends offering the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines to breastfeeding individuals. Although the, although the possible passage of vaccine mRNAs in breast milk resulting in infants' exposure at younger than six months was not investigated. So the most important part wasn't investigated. It says then, this study investigated whether the COVID-19 vaccine mRNA can be detected in the express breast milk, EBM, of lactating individuals receiving the vaccination within six months after delivery? The answer to that question is yes. It's yes. It has to do with being able to detect increased spiked proteins. If you're finding that inside of the breast milk, then that's being passed on to the child, which of course, as we know, has killed how many children? Copious amounts. We don't have a number. We can't possibly ever arrive at an accurate number as to, again, just the phenomenon of breastfeeding children after the mother has received the jabs. We don't, we don't know what that number is. We know it exists. We can take a guess it's rather large, but we do not know. And of course, they're not giving me full access to the entire study here, and I'm certainly not going to pay for it, uh, but there you go. I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. It kind of leans into this also. This is the next jab-related story from Natural News. It's titled Transfusion Confusion. American Red Cross caught mixing vaxxed blood with unvaxxed blood. Also from September 26th. Again, where have you heard that before? From Natural News, quote, If you or someone you know requires a blood transfusion, you might want to avoid tapping into the American Red Cross. That is because the group is indiscriminately mixing vaccinated blood with unvaccinated blood, we now know. The reason this is highly problematic is because vaccinated blood is tainted blood, meaning the recipient will receive all the spike proteins and other toxins produced by the shots in the person who received them. The Red Cross is basically poisoning the bodies of people who are already sick and in desperate need of clean, healthy blood not blood that contains whatever was pumped pumped in via Operation Warp Speed. Interesting that they mention Operation Warp Speed because, again, this is one of those phrases and uh, quote-unquote operations that gets, I think, in my opinion, misinterpreted, and I have an anonymous post that I want to read after this that describes that, so bear with me here. And you've heard me again describe what I believe Operation Warp Speed is, but this is just another anonymous explanation, and I enjoyed it because, again, uh, I think it's accurate. 
There are multiple angles to this is the whole point. It does say, quote, in this article, if you have safety concerns about potential blood transfusions, please speak with your medical care team where they'll pat you on the head, talk to you like you're an idiot, and then tell you that everything is going to be 100% fine. Basically, don't get in a car accident or have a limb chopped off when, when you need blood. And pray to God that you have a family member whose blood type is just like yours so that, uh, you know, you'll be fine. And you can, and they're unjabbed, hopefully. It then says, uh, let's see, the issue came to light in response to inquiries about the Red Cross's involvement in providing care following Hurricane Fiona, which ravaged the island of Puerto Rico. Some were concerned that the Red Cross might be poisoning people with tainted blood, and it turns out their concerns were warranted. The social media team at Red Cross apparently missed the recently published study showing that the Fauci flu shots do, in fact, enter the bloodstream and cause serious health problems. The randomized clinical trial found that the excess risk of serious adverse events is much higher in people whose blood has been tainted with Operation Warp Speed injections. Well, that's not, yeah, the injections really aren't called Operation Warp Speed, but whatever. It then says, quote, we know that the EAESIs, rather, with risk ratios higher than one, meaning elevated risk, include serious conditions like coagulation disorder, acute respiratory disease, distress syndrome, rather, and myocarditis and pericarditis. Back in May of 2021, another study published in Science explains in further detail how COVID injections ultimately do end up in the bloodstream contrary to the claims of the Red Cross social media team. Quote, the spike protein is not released to wander freely through the bloodstream by itself because it has a transmembrane anchor region that, as the name implies, leaves it stuck, explained Derek Lowe. Quote, that's how it sits in the virus itself, and it does the same in human cells. Lowe went on to state that, COVID, that the COVID jab spike proteins rest on the surface of the muscle and lymphatic cells in the shoulder near the site of the injection. Of course, we know all of this is fake now. It says, quote, some of the vaccine doses are going to make it into the bloodstream, of course, he added. Uh-oh. Then, quote, but keep in mind, when mRNA or adenovirus particles do hit cells outside of the liver or the site of injection, they're still causing them to exp express spike protein anchored on their surfaces, not dumping it into circulation. The takeaway from all of this is that the American Red Cross can no longer be trusted. Its social media team is flat out lying to the public about its tainted blood, and readers would do well to take note of this and avoid ever accepting a blood transfusion from the group. I'm going to repeat that last line. The takeaway from all of this is that the American Red Cross can no longer be trusted. Its social media team is flat out lying to the public about its tainted blood, and readers would do well to take note of this and avoid ever accepting a blood transfusion from the group. I hate to, uh, God, I hate to keep bringing it up, but. My school board speech is aging like a bottle of horrific fine wine, is it not? Along with what countless other people were saying 
The only difference between those medical doctors and me, of course, as you know, is I don't have a medical license. And I'm not afraid to lose something I don't have. Therefore, I was able to take the information and just say what needed to be said. You can't donate blood. You cannot receive blood. And yes, it's in breast milk too. I think I said all of that in that speech, if I'm not mistaken. Again, I'm not patting myself on the back. That's not what this is. I'm simply saying it's taken an entire year for this to be revealed in some academic study or medical journal. Uh, or certainly brought to natural news again, because it feels like a lot of this again is being recycled, which is not a bad thing, because more eyes are on it, more people are paying attention to websites like this, and again, if people are learning from it, great. But yeah, if you've been jabbed now, there's endless things you can't do. And if you're a parent and you're jabbed, there's endless things that you can't do for your own children, assuming that they're not jabbed. And if your children are jabbed, there's endless things that can't be done for them now. See how this is a depopulation agenda? Okay. Now, here's this analysis of Operation Warp Speed from GreatAwakening.win. And again, I, I agree with the post. It's a, it's a solid post for the most part. And you've heard me say this before, and I've said it on Gab on countless occasions. That the point of all of this is to destroy the trust in the system. When you destroy the trust in the system, the system can no longer exist. When people stop trusting the game and playing the game, they stop watching the game, putting money into the game, and then the game just ceases to exist. That, that's the short and long-term plan here. So before I read this post, a couple of stories. I read a post earlier where an individual was saying that they live in a city of uh, 300,000 people and their hospital is absolutely packed to the gills, that the ICU is full, that they had a nurse friend who works within the hospital and they said the hospital is packed, the ICU is packed, uh, the, the staff members are sick. And, there's act and, and the waiting room in the emergency room is always packed, and there's a line out the door, so much so that they have chairs lined up outside, weather permitting, where people have to sit and wait their turn. This is continuing to happen. They even referenced, if memory serves, those giant white tents that occurred back in 2020. You may recall in numerous Towns and cities, they had massive white tents, and they were allegedly treating patients who were sick with COVID. Lots of theories about that, that they weren't treating, uh, that they weren't treating patients who were sick with COVID per se, but they were treating kidnapped children within these towns and cities, and they were finding them, and there was a lot of talk about that and a lot of pictures that were sort of proving that. Same thing with those giant medical ships, you may recall. And then, of course, there was the theory that all of it was just about optics. And that it was all used to just, again, sell the fear element to people. Another quick story, too, before I, uh, before I read this anonymous post. My dad has been doing a lot of yard work at uh, an elderly couple's house down the street over the past week or so, and both of them are remarkably ill, and frankly, they're dying. 
Um, and these are the, again, these are just people that, that he knows of, uh, who, who live down the street from him. The, they're in their early eighties, if memory serves from what he told me. And he said that the husband, they're both hard liberals. Apparently she's a, the wife is a retired Berkeley professor. Again, if memory serves me correctly. And, uh, I don't know if he was a veteran or not. I think that was the story either way. They're all jabbed up. Both of them are jabbed up. They didn't have these health these health ailments before they were jabbed up. She apparently had uh, a gallbladder removed or cancer removed from from her intestines, something along those lines. And then they found an ulcer in her stomach, and she's basically bedridden. He, on the other hand, takes at least sixteen medications on a constant basis and has a heart condition. This was not the case before the jabs, apparently. Uh, but my dad got the confirmation that they were, in fact, jabbed, and there you go. Keep in mind, again, you know, this is a subdivision, and these are just a couple of people that, that, that he's aware of. It, again, makes you wonder how many more people people aren't aware of where this is, in fact, the case, where at least one family member has serious life-threatening ailments. But, uh, yeah, it's not going away, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, here's the anonymous post about Operation Warp Speed, quote-unquote. The, in my opinion, the constant uh, misinterpretation of, of the major meaning of what all of this was about. But I agree with this post. It says the following, quote, Oper- it was titled, Operation Warp Speed was more than a sting operation on Big Pharma. It was intended to bring down the entire global medical industry. Quote, remember when Donald J. Trump was saying he needed prayers to make the biggest decision of his life? I do remember that. It was in a task force meeting. It then says, remember when Donald J. Trump said millions will die? He was not lying about he was not lying about either, about that either. It says, how many big pharma execs are guilty of knowingly harming people? It's impossible to know, but I'm certain there would have been evidence to convict hundreds of them without OWS, Operation Warp Speed. The big problem is that the entire medical industry has been corrupted with bad medical information for decades. I'd go further than decades. Uh, It says there are literally 10 to 15 million doctors in the world that spend 10 years of their lives cramming, studying, and reciting volumes of industry-generated data, much good, much deadly, and much of it false, I would add. They continued and they said, what if there is a cure for cancer? What if there is a cure for Alzheimer's? What standard vaccines cause autism? What if there are thousands of medical procedures that are established to keep people sick, dying, or requiring unnecessary or painful medical treatment? Can the President of the United States scream, quote, there are other cures, exclamation point, we have the, da- we have the data, exclamation point, question mark. Good luck. We saw what happened when Donald J. Trump promoted ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. The entire medical industry walked in lockstep to ignore him and even mocked him, although the evidence could not be any clearer to anyone that takes a minute to evaluate it. Also, I'll add this side note, remember when he brought up the UV light 
therapies and injecting UV light into people's veins and bloodstreams to clean their blood. The look on Dr. Burks's face was priceless. She was sitting in the chair up against the wall in the, in the press briefing room when that happened. I've put that video up on my Gab account. Uh, that video has been bouncing around for a very long time. He, he, he suggested that because he knew that it was a viable solution to clean blood and to make people better faster. She, of course, looked perplexed. The same thing is true with chlorine dioxide. You may recall again that people were screaming at the top of their lungs in the mainstream media that Donald Trump said, well, uh, you need to drink bleach. That's what he said. He said, drink bleach. No, that's not what he said. Chlorine dioxide increases the oxygen flow in the entire body. So there you go. It continues here, and it says, quote, Allowing the entire medical industry to promote their, their poisons to the world is the only way forward. Most of these doctors are not evil, but they are hopelessly indoctrinated by what, whatever the industry gives them. Most of these doctors have taken their own mRNA vaccine poison three, four, or five times. That means they will suffer the most among the world. Besides suffering medically by the vaccines they promoted, they will soon become the pariahs of the world. When the truth comes out, they're going to be, there are going to be a lot of angry people. Only so much anger can get pointed towards Fauci. People will want justice against the man or woman who personally advised them to get vaccinated. You've heard me say that, haven't you? Regarding school board members, this is a shoe that has yet to drop. This card has yet to fall, and it will. Eventually, that card will fall. I guarantee it. It will go after school board members also, not just nurses, hospital directors, and doctors themselves, even private practitioners. They'll come after school board members. It continues, it says, doctors love the saying, quote, please don't confuse your Google research with my doctor degree, unquote. I honestly think we'll soon see t-shirts that say, please don't confuse your doctor degree with my garbage collecting career. Finally, it says, only when the credibility of this entire industry is destroyed and humiliated can a new one emerge at that time. We will see medical cures and wonders that we have never considered possible. The best is yet to come, unquote. I agree. I agree with this. Operation Warp Speed was to warp speed the enemy's plans regarding a variety of different issues, not just their specific plans, their, their, their hiding of medical cures, treatments, etc. But it was about, again, destroying the trust that exists on the foundation of lies, not just within this industry, but all of the industries, quote, plural, rather, that, uh, that the medical industry touches, like the education industry, like the corporate industry. The list is endless. They have their fingers in everything. And all of it, again, we are seeing is crumbling to the ground. So what's, again, these, these medical pseudo-experts saying about the people who are sick? We know all the phrases they're using. Well, it's long COVID. L-O-N-G. Long COVID. Weird. Weird. Never heard of that before. 
variants, lots of different variants as well. Don't forget the variants. Omicron, Delta, variant, 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 different variants. Now the flu season's going to be worse than we've ever seen before. Ooh, flu season. No such thing. But they're tricking people. And doctors are going to trick people unknowingly and knowingly. They're doing it knowingly for a profit. Because if they don't dish out the flu shots, they lose money. What they don't know is that the flu shots are going to wipe out countless people. And as you've heard me say here on the show, they can now give flu shots and COVID shots and God knows how many shots all at the exact same time. Don't worry, everybody. It's all safe. The medical industry says so. This is what Operation Warp Speed was really about. I agree with this. It was about getting people to understand that when the medical industry talks, you shouldn't believe them. That's the point. That's the entire point. It's a good thing. Yes, there's collateral damage in war. There always is. Yes, innocent people die in war. Yes, the brainwashed die, become ill, handicapped, etc., etc., as a result of not knowing that there's a war going on. That's happened in every war. This war is no different than that. It's absolutely no different. So it's a positive thing in the long run, but short-term pain, long-term gain, that's, that's, what's, that's what's happening right now. I do want to end with this, however. I'm going to end on, on this other positive note as well. Jesse James from the Dangerous Info Podcast just sent this my way. It's audio of a high school student describing how he was treated back in 2021, and the speech is from the summer of, of 2021, and the things that were said within his school. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to summarize it by saying this is an example of a human being who has escaped the matrix. He sees what's going on. He's escaped the matrix. This kid is going to survive. This young man will survive. With that said, give this a listen, and I'll catch you on Friday. Take care. My name is Brad Taylor, and I just finished my freshman year at RHS. Um, I've been a part of District 196 schools now for 10 years, and I'm going to give you a glimpse today of what's actually going on inside these schools. Um, despite the board's attempt to deny it, District 196 schools are quickly becoming a place where promoting activism is actually more important than promoting education. I'll take you, I'll take you back to my first day at RHS this fall. The principal came out and gave us a heartfelt speech about equality and standing together. Um, he began to list countless races, such as Latino, Asian, expressing how much they matter and how important they are. But never once did he mention a race or identity that reflects me, or half the kids that were in the class. Now, members of the board, I know you haven't been to school in a while. And I know most of the people, I know none of you, or most of you, don't have any kids left in the school district. Um, but you must admit how uncomfortable it will be to be characterized just by your skin color on the first day of school and be thought that you were wrong just because of your skin color. So I'll never forget the look one of my friends gave me from across the room as we were sitting there listening to this blatant bias being expressed in the so-called equity statement by the leader of our school. To be clear, I don't need you to tell me that I matter, but hearing the condolences given to other races and leaving just one race out, it inevitably you'll start to feel like you've done something wrong. 
And in our principal's attempt to unify us, he instead created unwarranted boundaries and barriers between his students, pitting us against each other based on characteristics that we can't control. In another separate instance, I was told that writing all lives matter on the whiteboard was political and could be seen as offensive. When I questioned the teacher after class, she told me that she didn't have an answer and she just had to erase it and it was quickly erased. There are political signs all over RHS specific about specific races that matter, specific sexual orientations that matter, and specific perspectives that matter. But when I questioned the RHS administration about how these signs were political, they told me that they were supporting human rights. So when I questioned why the equity statement couldn't represent all students, they told me that to even ask that question was outlandish and offensive. And they, when I asked why that was, they told me, quote, whites have a pretty good situation right now, unquote. So is that not racism? Disregarding my question merely because of the color of my skin. To be honest, after enduring a year of the people in charge telling me that I'm a racist and I'm privileged and pointing out our irreversible differences, I've never noticed race more. And it's becoming the first thing I notice when I meet someone, which has never before been the case. RHS administration confidently told me that RHS students and staff are happy with their equity statement. But from the, my experience in talking with other students, this is not the case. I know many kids who disagree with their teachers, but they're too scared to stand up because they're worried that their grades will be docked and their learning experience will be affected. My honors government teacher, I'm not going to say his name, but he's mentioned that Democrats care more about all people while Republicans only care about themselves. And he's also inferred to us that socialism is better than democracy. He even had a statue. He had a statue of a socialist leader in his classroom. Um, I have been I've been told by a lot of kids that they just stay silent and adjust their schoolwork to reflect an acceptable opinion to secure a good grade. I've been approached by multiple teachers who have told me in private that they just want to say that they agree with me and they support me standing up, but they can't say it in front of the class for fear of being disciplined by the administration in some way or losing their jobs. There is clearly only one way to think in this district, and that is that they are teaching their kids to shut up if they don't agree. Now, members of the board, I want you to take a good look at yourselves in the mirror tonight and ask, are you really standing up for the equality of all people, or are you just pushing a damaging political ideology um, on, on our students? A fellow coworker at my job, who, by the way, is of color, discreetly told me that the schools seem to be pushing a very leftist agenda in class. This proof is not everyone is happy with your school, and not everyone who isn't happy is white. Now, due to all these instances I've mentioned and many more that I can't fit in this five-minute speech, I've decided to leave this district and continue school on a private Christian school online. And, and there will be sacrifices, and I will not get to walk in the graduation ceremony or attend milestones at RHS, but I will be able to learn in an environment that is not intent on punishing me daily for my skin color and political views. Now, regardless how you take my speech, whether you just shrug it off as malarkey or Fox News talking points, I encourage you to think about it because someday I'm going to be a leader. I may be the president, a governor, or just a professional golfer, but I will never stop believing that everybody has value no matter their skin color or personal beliefs. And it's a shame that you're not going to be able to say that I was an alumni of RHS in District 196. Thank you. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.